and welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and coming up on the show, are you itching to travel, to get out and about, maybe see the world, maybe see the country, the state, your city? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about traveling and the importance of getting out and getting away. Now, the definition of getting out and getting away may vary depending on you and your interests. So as we have this conversation and as we talk about it and answer the question, is it time to travel, there's a lot to go over. The stuff that might interest me might not interest you, vice versa. But what I've got is I've got some some ideas that might be beneficial for people with varying budgets. Now, this isn't a 10 steps on how to travel best. These are just some things that I have done that I've enjoyed, maybe some things I might like to do. And then you can determine whether or not it's something that you want to do. Now, first and foremost, when we take a look at traveling, especially this year. So in 2019, life was normal. We were doing everything we could to get out and see the world. 2020 hit and everything shut down. There was barely any travel, barely any international travel. We still had plane flights going across the country and probably overseas, but uh, it was limited. I mean, even Las Vegas shut down for a period of time. I think like three months or something like that. And so we weren't doing anything. 2021, at least the summertime in the Northern Hemisphere, we were a little bit more reserved, maybe did not get out as much. But now on the brink of 2022, the summer, the traveling months, everybody's itching to get out. But now we've got other issues that we have to contend with. For example, remember spring break? It was going to be the big year to bust out spring break again. And then all these flights got canceled during that spring break time. A lot of people were stranded. Wherever they were at, maybe Florida, perhaps. Maybe Destin, Florida was your destination hotspot. Maybe Fort Lauderdale, Fort Myers, maybe some other place. And you got stuck there. Flights were canceled, apparently because of weather issues or maybe staff shortages. And then we kind of got through that. And now as we head into the summer travel season, you've got Memorial Day, which, again, flights got canceled. We had issues. Weather issues and staffing issues, apparently. And then the Father's Day weekend, same thing. A lot of travel issues for people on the road, especially when it comes to airlines. Then you take a look as the summer has been progressing or the travel season has been progressing. Gas prices keep going up. That led one person, an author, a historian, Dominic Sandbrook, writing for a UK paper, The golden age of travel is over. All our lives, we've taken it for granted. But now, with airports and chaos, $100 to fill up your car, trains on strike, the future is bleak for getaway lovers. Now, he's writing from the UK, okay? It's the uh, Mail Online UK newspaper. So right now, the UK, the UK, as Bubba J would say, 
is suffering from the biggest railway strike in 30 years. This article is very recent. Uh, tube workers at the London Tube on strike. Gas prices in London, like every other place, have skyrocketed. Airlines cutting flights, stranding passengers because of staff shortages. Sound familiar, America? In America, gas prices on the average reaching $5 a gallon. Some places, California, approaching 8 maybe $10 a gallon. Like I just mentioned, flights have been canceled. So much so that our transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, is now complaining because, hey, he got stranded. It affects him, so now he's got to take action. There's a lack of workers at the airlines. Again, a lot of airlines. I think it was one major airline, whether Delta or American, I guess they just chose three cities that they're not going to travel to anymore. I think Ithaca, New York was one of them, and then a, one in New Jersey and another one, I think, up there in the Northeast. And so a lot of people are starting to think twice about getting out on the road. I mean, tickets to travel are expensive. Airline tickets have gone up. Obviously, weather-related issues, if you're maybe across the uh, Midwest, you know, it's uh, tornado season, thunderstorm season, hurricane season down uh, in the Gulf Coast. I guess it's firestorm season out west. And so even though travel interest is up post-pandemic now, a lot of things going on that are going to possibly hinder people from getting out and traveling. But as we take a look at what's going on, and we take a look at traveling, a lot of people might put it off. Now, I'll tell you right off the bat, I didn't do a whole lot of traveling before the pandemic. I mean, I've got out, I did my trips, and I've done things, but I kind of forgot the value and benefits of getting out. So when the pandemic hit, I became unemployed. So I traveled, went to San Francisco a few times. Went to Las Vegas a couple times, uh, inadvertently ended up what became a road trip from Los Angeles to Tampa, Florida, Winslow, Arizona, Route 66, went to the beach a lot out in, uh, on the California coast anyways, um, saw some of the uh, Florida Gulf Coast. So I got to do a lot and see a lot during the pandemic because I had the time so I decided to do it, and hey, nobody else was out there doing it, so why not take advantage of the open highway, the open roads? And so I got out and about. And so then when I started hearing some of this other stuff that's going on about traveling and people wanting to get out, but you got all this other stuff that might hinder people, it got me thinking, what are the benefits of traveling? How does traveling and getting out on the open road or the open skies or going some other place other than your house? How does that benefit you? Here are some benefits of traveling. It is better to spend your money on experiences rather than on material things. The memories you collect are like treasures. They will remain forever and will bring you more happiness than some new clothes or other material things. Think how good it will feel when you're old and you look back to see not only an ordinary routine, but also adventures and unique experiences you had gone through. And not only when you're old. Ever a few years from now, you can recall how much fun you had and plan your next adventure. In the end, you will not regret the things you've done, but the things you didn't do. 
Traveling is a great opportunity to temporarily get away from your everyday life and look at it from a different point of view. It's so much easier to deal with issues and solve problems when you look at them from the outside. While traveling, you have a lot of time to think without distractions and make healthy decisions. You will have a better perspective and maybe even realize that things are not that bad as you thought. In our everyday life, we're used to doing the same things, meeting the same people, going to the same places. We basically live in our comfort zone. When you travel, you get out of your bubble. You meet new people, other travelers and locals. You're exposed to different cultures. You see different landscapes and views. You experience new things. You learn that the world is diverse and it helps you understand people that are different from you. Traveling actually makes you smarter. You learn new things all the time. When you travel, you get into unusual situations and face different challenges. It makes you push your limits, handle things better, and come up with creative solutions. After all, the best way to learn is through experience. Traveling helps you to know yourself better. You're out of your comfort zone and get to see your behavior in different situations, sometimes even extreme ones. You will be surprised to find out new things about yourself that you didn't know and decide what and how to improve. The best part of traveling is the people you meet along the way. You get to meet new people from countries around the world whom you would never have met in your daily life. You listen to their stories, tell yours, hear various opinions and experience things together with people. Happiness is greater when shared with others. We do become creatures of habit, don't we? I mean, we do the same thing over and over. Maybe go and dine at the same spots, go to the same bars, same clubs, hang out with the same people. And there's nothing wrong with that, but we do become creatures of habit. But when we get out on the open road or we go some other place, it changes our routine. It mixes it up. It gives us new experiences. I remember my first real travel experience was after eighth grade, went to uh, on a school trip, which was called Back to the Colonies, but it's the D.C. trip. And we drove up and down the East Coast from Virginia, D.C., Maryland, Connecticut, we hit a lot of places, New York City, Philadelphia, you know, saw all the sites. It was the you know, historical tour, the educational tour. It was a small group of us that went. I think there was only like maybe max off the top of my head, about 15 people that went. Um, and so we had a great time and that was eighth grade. And those memories that we had carry us, carried us through all of high school because we'd talk about it. And then when we got to reunions, Post high school, we'd still talk about it. Social media, still talk about it. And every once in a while, someone might post something of a picture that they found or discovered. Or if we get together and meet with uh, each other, we still talk about it. And that was after eighth grade, many moons ago. And then from there, I think it was my, um, before my junior year, went to Chicago, Michigan, Indiana with uh, some family on a trip. Got to meet some family. And that was exciting. So again, you get out there. And you get to see things, you get to experience things. And so then you have those memories, the memories of being flooded in Chicago because it rained so much, ruining your trip to Wrigley Field. Memories of your flight getting canceled because Wrigley Field, I mean, because O'Hare or whatever airport it is that we flew out of, I think it was O'Hare. I know they have, uh, I think, Midway there too, but I think ours was O'Hare. They had, um, was underwater. But then you think about, 
all the other things, riding the train in downtown Chicago, going through uh, Gary, Indiana, um, the western part of Michigan, uh, Benton Harbor, for example. And so you get to see some different places that might not be a normal destination or normal experience. You know, back when I was going through Chicago riding the train, we didn't have subways in the metro in L.A. at the time. So this was the first time really taking public transportation that was a rail form. You know, if you went to San Diego, that's when you took the train. But otherwise, around town, you just drove in L.A., right? So you have the memories. You have the experiences. You have the adventure. It's fun. You get to refresh and recharge yourself, kind of get away from that mundane routine. We get to kind of refocus. A lot of times when we step out of what we're in and what we're doing, we get to refocus on our lives, figure out what it is that we want to do differently, maybe make some changes, or do we like what's going on? We uh, see different cultures. I mean, even just traveling at different parts of the United States, you get to see different types of people. Ask somebody about a hot dog in Chicago. It's going to be a lot different than maybe a hot dog in L.A. Pizza, New York-style pizza, that might be different than pizza in L.A. or San Francisco even. Clam chowder is going to be different. New Orleans has all kinds of different types of foods. Beignets, I know they're all over the place, but that's one of the places they're known for. You know, you got to get your beignets. Got to get uh, your various types of Cajun food from down there. And then the people that you meet. You meet new people, different people, different ways of life, different cultures. So, again, the benefits are incredible as to traveling. So, as you think about it, think about what you're spending your money on. Sure, the gas prices might be high. Maybe you don't travel as far, but maybe you go find a place, and I've got some suggestions that will be coming up. Maybe you find a place that... Is a little bit more beneficial for the budget, for the family, for you. Traveling alone is okay with a buddy. That's okay too. It doesn't matter. It's just getting out there and meeting people. Now, Rick Steves, you may or may not know that name. He is a person that has been a travel guru on PBS for years and years and years. He's just been out there. You've probably seen some of his videos, a TV show, something of him, a book a guidebook, how to travel Europe. That's what he really focuses on. Even though he's traveled all around the world, he really focuses on Europe because he believes Europe is the gateway to other parts of the world. You travel Europe, you get to know Europe, that takes you to other parts of the world. So he really emphasizes, you know, or focusing on helping you travel Europe. And so he has a a couple of ideas that when I heard him talking about it, I'm like, you know, that's kind of my mentality when I get out there. And so this is Rick Steves. When he talks about traveling and the different types of travelers that might be out there. Well, there's three kinds of travelers. Um, There's, in my my estimate, if I was to kind of divide it up, there are tourists, there are travelers, and there are pilgrims. And a tourist, and there's nothing right or wrong about any of them. I just think it's fun to mix it all together. A tourist is as a, as a bucket list, you know, they want to check off famous things. Uh, a tourist um, is likely to say how many countries they've been to. To me, that means nothing because 
how many people did you talk to? How many precon preconceptions did you challenge? Uh, you know, that's not um, a function of how many airports you've landed in. Uh, but a tourist is looking for fun in the sun. A tourist is shopping. A tourist is re recreation. It's great. It's fun. It's a holiday. A traveler, I think, is interested in learning in broadening their perspective, in trying new things to gain new appreciations. Um, I'm endlessly interested in just learning on the road. For me, the road is a school. And a pilgrim is uh, beyond that. I mean, if for a traveler, the road is school, for a pilgrim, the road is church. And <laughs> uh, you travel to seek. You travel to not learn about other places, but you travel to learn about yourself. Uh, that's a pilgrim. And as you travel, the mindset you bring with you determines if you're going to travel as a tourist, a traveler, a pilgrim, or a little bit of everything. Keyword mindset. Now, either one of those or either one of those three is completely fine. If you want to be a traveler and check off the boxes, I kind of do that with the states. I think I'm up to 38 states that I've been to. Um, haven't been to Washington Hawaii, Alaska, I think the Carolinas and some uh, Ohio, West Virginia, and then in the Northeast, like Maine and New Hampshire, some of those places. But I like to check things off. That's kind of a fun thing to do. But I also like to be a traveler, as he calls it, go out there and learn, broaden my horizons, learn new things about different people. Uh, one of the things that I did recently, well, in 2019, I went to New Orleans now, a lot of people go to New Orleans, Mardi Gras, or maybe it's the French Quarter, Bourbon Street, all that. And I decided that I was going to go to New Orleans for an extended period of time. You know, I think it was like eight, nine, maybe 10 days. And the reason for that was multiple. One, I wanted to be able to just get away and have enough time to do absolutely nothing, downtime, relax, recharge, refocus, re-energize before the school year was to begin, which was what I'm glad I did because 2020 hit and a lot of crazy stuff happened, right? But so I went for an extended period of time. So I did the tourist thing and I checked off the boxes. He went to, you know, Jackson Square. Actually, I stayed in the French Quarter and I went to Bourbon Street and Cat's Meow and all the different places down there. Went to uh, Pat O'Brien's. Went to all the different clubs, tried the different drinks and all that. Listened to the music. There was a country bar that was really cool that I would kind of frequent a little bit more often because it was easier to get into. And they had this really cool drink, kind of like a creamsicle, if you know what I'm talking about. Anyways, um, and so I did that. Then I wanted to really kind of experience, like say, the culture, the people. So you go a little bit further outside of Bourbon Street and you get to the jazz section, you know, B.B. King's and where all the jazz clubs are, and you hang out there, and I got to meet a couple of local people who one night invited me to go hang out with them after work. Now, after work for them and the food industry and the club industry is like 2, 3 a.m., and a couple places are open 24 hours. So I met them up at a restaurant, and we were talking and just asking questions. You know, they realized I was from L.A., and they're from New Orleans, NOLA, and we're exchanging conversation about the different paces of life, and then they wanted to hit a bar, so we went to a bar, and it was a 24-hour bar. And it wasn't just this bar in downtown or whatever. It literally was a corner, almost like a corner market in a neighborhood, but it was a bar open 24 hours, 3, 4, 5 a.m., sitting there drinking, talking, sharing ideas, 
understanding their way of life. It was really interesting and it was a lot of fun to get to know them from their perspective, you know, getting to know what it is for their lifestyle, what they do. And then there were times where in the afternoons, the rains would come in, downpour, like one o'clock in the afternoon, get to take a nap. Don't really have to rush out to do anything at that time. You know, you wake up in the morning, you maybe do some leisure shopping or some walking or maybe jump on the streetcar and go down to the Garden District or maybe see Lafayette Square or maybe some of the cemeteries. And then you get to do the nightlife and then you get to meet some people. You get to rest and relax and rejuvenate. And it was just a lot of fun to take that extended time because my mindset was to do that, was to be a tourist, a traveler. And so I got to experience the food and just take my time. And so that was a lot of fun. And I'm glad I was able to do that. And then again, I have the memories of that. I have the experiences of that. It was fun. Every once in a while, pictures will pop up you know, on my phone, kind of like the remember whens or on this day back in or on social media. If you have Facebook, you get the memories that pop up. But when it comes to, when it comes to traveling, and I think of some of these things, you think about your health, the mind, body, and spirit that recharges, relaxes, refocuses, rejuvenates. You become a happier person when you come back from your vacations, your travels. It's almost like you need a vacation from a vacation, right? You can build strong bonds with people that you're traveling with. Isn't that true? If you want to know someone well or you want to see how well you get along with someone, just travel with them. I remember flying back from... New Orleans, it was a downpour that day. And we had to check out, and then I think we had we had some plans for the day, but it was a downpour. I mean, the French Quarter was pretty much flooding. So we decided just to go to the airport. And we were at the airport well before we could even advance, check in, before we could check our bags. So we're those people that are lounging out in the ticket area on the chairs and what have you out there. And so all we did was pop up the laptop. There's an electronic store, got some hearing aids as far as the headphones and stuff that would fit, and started watching movies on the laptop. Got some snacks, and time flew by. We're sitting there. Had about a four or five-hour stay at the airport, but you get to know your traveling party pretty well when you're in situations like that. Or if you're on a road trip and your car breaks down, you get to know somebody in those situations. You get inspiration when you're out there traveling. What to do? I mean, this episode of podcasting, this particular one was inspired by traveling. When I saw this article, I thought, wow, I remember the good times I had traveling. So let me check into a podcast about traveling. You make new connections. You know, some of those people in New Orleans I kept uh, in touch with for a while, and then things started to dissipate once the pandemic hit people started to leave new orleans and go different places and numbers started to get disconnected and stuff so but you get to meet different people in different parts of the world that's one of the things on a side note that i like about social media a lot of people i have connections with on social media are from other parts of the world you know maybe costa rica maybe um europe you know the middle east the eastern part of europe you know you get a lot of places that you get to in asia and you get to exchange ideas every once in a while. You know, you see a picture of something and you get to comment on it and have some exchange. There's been times where I've just randomly sent messages out to people. Hey, what's it like there during the pandemic? What are you guys going through? Hey, I hear this political turmoil is going on. That was one of the things that I really liked about social media. When you hear the American news saying one thing, 
you can go to social media and you can reach out to people in those parts of the country and you realize, oh, wait a minute, maybe things aren't really being reported accurately. But again, you get to network, network with people out there and have fun with it. And the best thing about it is just just fun. Sure, it's a headache, you know, how many times I can remember traveling and flights getting canceled. I mean, if you fly out of Minneapolis in the summertime, especially in the evening, there's a good chance a lightning storm's going to come through and cancel your flights, you know? And so, again, there are some headaches and some hassles. Downpour New Orleans, you have to sit at the airport for four or five hours because you can't do your itinerary for that final day because it's just pouring down rain. I think I actually went to the airport in a swimsuit and some water socks and then ended up having to change at the airport because that's how much the downpour was. You got soaked once you got into uh, or from the airport, you know, the car to the airport, the hotel to the car, stuff like that. When you take vacations, again, the thing that kept reoccurring is recharge, relax. You know, we work too much. We got a vacation more and work less. That's the culture of America, right? The staycation versus the vacation. And you get all these things, but all that can be catered to your preference. It's like art. Art is, it's or in beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. Your vacationing can be in the eye of the beholder. So life is short. Take vacations. You know, while that's going to the Maldives on a beautiful beach or just going to a lake cabin a couple hours away, we need to take off time from school and work to recharge our batteries and just kind of kick back and relax. Sadly, as Americans, we choose to spend too much time at work and we don't take the vacation that we earned off to recharge our batteries and enjoy life. And this is a serious problem. So according to the research done by Project Time Off, 52% of Americans aren't using all their vacation. This totals an astounding 212 million days that are forfeited. Basically, all these uh, these days, 212 million days that you've earned have been just given back to your employer. And that's just in the U.S. alone. Another stat, 24% of us who are taking vacation, you're not actually even leaving home. You're just, you know, obviously there's nothing wrong with being a homebody, But getting out there into the world is shown as a lot healthier for your overall well-being. And those of us that are taking vacations, 66% of you are still working while you're on vacation, myself included. And not being able to disconnect is a huge problem. Simply put, many of us are missing out on the experiences, memories, and moments that define us. So digging a little bit more into the research that that Project Timeout did, there's a strong correlation between travel and happiness. Those of us who use more of our vacation time to travel are happier. And actually, when you return back to work, you're more productive than another person who's just been toiling away in their cubicle, never taking any of your leave. And surprisingly, you're more likely to be promoted at work if you're the person who's on vacation all the time. Which is like mind-boggling, but I think it goes back to the idea that if you're happier and you're more productive, you're more likely to get promoted. And I think it takes a lot of us a while to come to that conclusion. But once you realize that, you're like, yeah, this is pretty awesome. I think one of the big things is, you know, building these stronger relationships, traveling with friends and family. It's so important. Like I said, you know, at the end of the day, what do we really have at the end? It's friends and family and trying to enjoy life. And the last benefit of traveling, the one that I think really embodies, you know, the spirit of TEDx Fargo, is seeing the world and diversity in a new light. 
In the polarized world that we live in, I think travel is essential for breaking down the walls and preconceived notions that we have about other countries and other cultures. See, that's the one thing that kept coming up over and over again. You might have noticed in a couple of clips that I played so far. You've got the memories. You've got the recharge yourself, relax, get away from work. You've got the experiences, the meeting people, the trying new things, happiness, increased productivity when you get back, building bonds with people. These are the recurring themes when I was looking at uh, video clips about why we should travel that kept coming up. So again, it is important to break away. You know, the American culture is work, 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 work. I remember there'd be times I'd be working at a job and I'd want to take time off and the the boss would try to deny it, even though it's time I've earned off because, no, we need you at this point. We need you to work this week. You need me to work every week. You just want me to take time off because you don't want that time away where I can just go and do my own thing and get paid for not working, right? But it's important to get away. Like I said, for me, these are some of the things that I've done that may or may not inspire you. You may or may not be interested, but maybe it'll give you some ideas of what you can do. Because again, cater it to yourself. Luckily, when the pandemic hit, I was off and I had time to travel. I decided, you know what? Los Angeles, California, you get arrested if you go to the beach. You get arrested if you paddleboard on the ocean. You get arrested if you go any place. And if you go any place, you have to wear like 18 million masks, have 13,000 shots, and then, you know, get strip search as you're going to the grocery store. Okay? Facetious, but you get the point. So I decided, you know, I'm going to get out. I'm going to go do some stuff. So the first place I went was to Lincoln, Nebraska to visit some family and get to know them and reacquaint with them because we've all been locked down, right? So went there and did some fun. Then from there, Las Vegas gets shut down, right? Drove to Las Vegas on opening night. That was a lot of fun, a lot of memories. We had a lot of fun when we went. Um, Went to Las Vegas a couple times then. I think I went to Las Vegas three or four times, you know, and they had the protocols and the safety and all that stuff. And it was no big deal. I mean, most of the time we spent at the pool all day and then at night, get something to eat, maybe play some games. The one thing that was kind of cool that I learned is that if you smoked in Las Vegas, you could get away with not wearing a mask. So I became a a two pack a day smoker, but uh, Las Vegas, San Francisco, went to San Francisco a few times during the pandemic, got to see the sights, have some fun. Again, there was protocols and safety issues and all that kind of stuff, but it didn't, it didn't matter. You were able to go and do some outdoor things, you know, cross the Golden Gate Bridge, go to the beach up in San Francisco area. They do have some pretty awesome beaches, you know, do some fun things, Um. And so anyway, so these are some of the things that I did. Like I said, I went to New Orleans, and one of the coolest things I did at, uh, while I was in New Orleans was just sit on the banks of the Mississippi River late at night listening to those musicians play. And a lot of times the musicians weren't professional. Some of them looked homeless that had like a broken-down saxophone or something. Just sit there and listen to them. And that was fun. It was enjoyable. Frenchman Street was the street that had a lot of jazz clubs on it that you can go into and listen to. Cafe Dumont was a must to get your beignets and coffee, I guess. I'm not a coffee drinker, though. You had BB King's, Jackson Square was lively, all kinds of tours that you could take if you wanted to. Riding the streetcars, there wasn't one named Desire, so I didn't do that one. 
one of the coolest things that I did when I was in New Orleans was I rented a vehicle and drove around New Orleans and the different parishes. And I ended up in the uh, Lower Ninth Ward. I wanted to see the Lower Ninth Ward. And this was where Katrina hit and the levee broke and flooded the Lower Ninth Ward. And as I was driving through the Lower Ninth Ward, I noticed a lot of slabs, foundational slabs, where houses used to be. Katrina, what, was 14 years earlier at the time? This was 2019. It was 2005. A lot of homes did not get rebuilt. Happened to be driving through, and there was a guy out front. So I asked him, hey, do you mind if I ask you a couple questions about Katrina? He's like, sure, go ahead. And he was telling me his experience, and he was sitting up on the roof of his house as the floodwaters were rising, thinking that he, he's either going to get swept away and drown or wishing and praying that somebody can come and rescue him. And fortunately, he was rescued. He had to rebuild his house, but he was one of the fortunate ones, as he puts it, to be able to have gotten money to rebuild. A lot of places did not, or a lot of people just left. And there was like, you talk about a ghost town, houses were gone, just slabs after slabs after slabs of foundation with nothing on it. It was eerie, even that many years later. But to actually see that and actually be able to talk to somebody, it goes back to when you meet new people and you hear different experiences you know, it really brings it home when you're actually talking to somebody that was living there at the time. You know, another cool thing was taking a ride on the steamboat on the Mississippi. That was a lot of fun. Rooftop bars in NOLA were awesome. They were a lot of fun, be able to overlook the city. And these were some of the things that then in those rooftop bars, you're sitting there, you're talking to people, you're meeting people. Again, this was pre-pandemic, so a lot of travelers. It was during the summer, a lot of business people coming and going, things like that. And so it was a lot of fun to be able to talk to people and meet them and get some experiences, you know. And it's easy to talk to people because in the crowded bar, oh, excuse me, I didn't mean to bump into you. Hey, what's uh, going on? You know, hey, that's a cool-looking drink. What is that? Okay, and then you start the conversation, right? Las Vegas. When I went to Las Vegas, some of the cool things that we did, again, there were no shows uh, there weren't anything that you could do because you still had the social distancing and all that going on. But when you go to Las Vegas, for example, it was a drive and then fly. I drove there. Bellagio Fountains. I mean, that was a cool place. I think they went off every 15 minutes, every 30 minutes. I believe it was every 15 minutes. And a different song would play and the fountains had different shows. And you just sit out there. Uh, the Lake of Dreams at Wynn, that's something free that you can do in Las Vegas. And some of these things, like I'm mentioning, sitting on the banks of the Mississippi, walking Frenchman Street, you know, going to a Jackson Square and soaking up the atmosphere, the vibe, as they call it. Um, all free and cheap stuff to do. You don't have to spend a lot of money. Might take a little bit to get there, but once you're there, not costing any money to do any of these things. Uh, one of the things we saw was the volcano at the Mirage, although that's going away because the Mirage is going to be torn down. Um, Fremont Street experience, even though at the time the pandemic shut things down, there's still a lot of activity going on. And now I see on social media live views from people posting of Fremont Street, and it's vibrant again. You can drive out to the Hoover Dam. If you do go to Vegas, maybe you do want to drive out to the Hoover Dam because apparently Lake Mead is at the lowest point ever, and you can see all the dead bodies that the mob people dropped in the Lake Mead over the years. But that was a lot of fun and spent practically a whole day just at the Hoover Dam and Lake Mead. And again, for me, it was during the pandemic, so we couldn't take a tour of the dam. But just being on the bridge, on the dam, taking the pictures around Lake Mead, seeing the different uh, 
things that were going on there as far as you're on the Arizona side and the Nevada side. And then walking up and driving up and then walking the big bridge that's uh, on the freeway or the highway above it and looking down. We walked different hotels up and down the strip, checking out the gaming floors, what kind of games they had. We were looking for the old school uh, one-armed bandits because now everything's all digital and like video game-esque. So we were looking for the one-armed bandits, the old school slot machines. And so we walked, I think, every single hotel from Mandalay Bay on the south to I think about Treasure Island and Wind to the north before then you started to have a little bit more extreme distances between the hotels. When they say, and you look at something in Vegas on the Strip, and you say, oh, we can walk there, chances are you're not going to walk there. That's what I learned. You look at a hotel, oh, let's just go to the next casino. Let's just go to the next one. We can walk it. Yeah. Sore feet, melting in the hot sun. Hours later, you finally arrive at your destination. One of the cool things, though, if you want to put some money down in Vegas, is the high roller Ferris wheel at the link. That's pretty cool. Um, you can go take pictures at the iconic Vegas sign. Coca-Cola store, M&M store, two places that I guess is a must-see. You know, so there's a lot of things to do. The pool by day, some of these other things, you know, the shopping, whatever it is you want to do. And these were things, again, that I did during the pandemic that was still fun to get out and go do and see. You know, New Orleans was pre-pandemic, but again, some stuff that was there to do. Vegas during the pandemic, which is a lot of, a lot of fun stuff to do. In Los Angeles, here's some things. I mean, Los Angeles, there were times where I took days during the pandemic and I would go take pictures. I'd take pictures of all the iconic places. Sport, what one day was sporting events from the Rose Bowl to the Staples Center to the Coliseum to the Bank of LA soccer stadium, if that's still what it's called. And these sponsorships change all the time. Dodger Stadium. Took pictures there. Then another day, did some other things and took pictures of other iconic places. Went down to uh, the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Walk the Stars, looked for different people on the stars. You know, kind of did a bingo game, set some names, and then tried to see who could find the star and then create a bingo with the Hollywood Walk of Fame stars. But one of the coolest things that I came up with that was really cool was because you could, because if you know if you live in L.A., Probably San Francisco is the same way and other places. Traffic is horrible. You might take you two, three hours to get someplace. During the pandemic, there was nothing, nobody on the road. So we got to go places pretty quickly. 30 minutes from Pasadena to anywhere on the coast for beaches. From Long Beach out to Santa Monica, literally 30 minutes, which is like unheard of during normal times. But one of the things I decided to do was look at some movies and go visit the on-location shoots. So had a visitor in town, and we decided to do uh, Back to the Future. Doc Brown's house that's in the movie. It's the Gamble House in Pasadena over on Orange Grove there by the Rose Bowl. You guys seen that Burger King in the beginning of the movie? Victory Boulevard in Burbank right there. Marty McFly's house is still there, you know, the one with the Power lines behind it, that's out in Arlita. You can go there, take pictures. The neighbor will come out and actually give you a run sheet of some information there. They just ask that you don't disturb the people that live in the house. But, yeah, you can go do stuff like that. Whittier High School was the film set for the school. You might not be able to get on campus, but you could take some pictures. 
Bushnell Street in South Pasadena had the homes for Lorraine, uh, young Marty McFly, for uh, or George McFly, I guess is the case. You know, Biff's house, the Puente Hills Mall. So there's a lot of things that you can do. South Pasadena has the uh, Michael Myers house. And that hedge, that iconic hedge, when Jamie Curtis is walking down and you see him and he ducks behind the, the hedge. I actually kind of did a video of that that recreated it and blended it in from what I did to what Michael Myers did. You know, just fun stuff. Free. Grease. Again, these are just movies that I wanted to kind of reenact or go see. Maybe there's movies that you want. I know Fast and Furious was all over L.A. You know, Toretto's house is by Dodger Stadium, that market in the first one where they get the sandwiches all the time and they have the big scuffle at the beginning. That's right there by Dodger Stadium as well, kind of the Echo Park area. But Rydell High School, Venice Beach, or I mean Venice High School, uh, the opening scene, Leo Creole Beach. You know, you've got the drive-in. That's not there anymore. That's Pickwick in Burbank. It's gone. It's now a pavilion's. Thunder Road is the wash, the L.A. River under the 6th Street Bridge. So you can find out your own favorite films in whatever city you're in. If you're in Vancouver, I'm sure there's a lot that you can do. And you can kind of recreate or go see some of these things. And again, with social media, put those things out there. Even if you're not an avid social media person, those are the type of things that I've noticed in my experience with social media that a lot of people get interested in. You know, I just happened to be watching a, a video a little bit earlier, and it was a person that was taking a picture or video uh, standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. That infamous song. I've been there. I've done that. And it's just kind of fun to see those things. Other places, if you're a dog person or just want to take, a, take in the Hollywood sign, Lake Hollywood Park under the Hollywood sign, it's a dog park. Bring your lunch. Hang out. Bring your dog. Have lunch brunch, maybe an afternoon dinner or whatever it is they have in the afternoon that's opposite of brunch under the iconic Hollywood sign. Like I mentioned, the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame. The beaches. One of the things that was kind of cool that I was able to do that I always wanted to do was take a tour of the piers. Okay. So it was the Malibu Pier to the north. Actually, Ventura Pier I'd been to, but in this particular case, it was the Malibu Pier. Then I went to the Santa Monica Pier. And at the time, I was able to walk the piers. The Venice Pier, Manhattan Beach Pier, the Hermosa Beach Pier, the Redondo Beach Pier, the Belmont Shores Beach uh, Pier or in Long Beach. And I was able to go down the coast because nobody was on the road and I was able to do it and hit all the piers. Now, again, you might think that's kind of stupid or what fun is there in that. But again, it was thinking outside the box during pandemic. So imagine some of the things you can do now that things are opening up again that are maybe in your town for your staycation. Day trips to the beach. Some of my favorite was uh, that I love to go to is Hermosa, Will Rogers State Beach. Uh, Santa Monica and the pier is always kind of a fun, quick trip because it was kind of one of the closest beaches that I could get to, although I guess I just read that the Santa Monica or the Bay is, again, one of the top three most polluted bodies of water, ocean-wise, off the coast of California. But again, some fun places to go. Maybe go do some things that you haven't done before, that you always wanted to do, that you take for granted. You know, be creative. Be open to whatever it is that you want to do. 
when I was in San Francisco, just walked under the Golden Gate Bridge. They had a, a walk path under there. Lombard Street, which is the uh, crookedest street in the U.S., went there, took some pictures, got to drive it a few times. Went over to the iconic Haight-Ashbury from the Summer of Love. Palace of Fine Arts. If you are a fan of the movie The Rock with Sean Connery, that was in that movie. Got to walk around Oracle Stadium. There was actually a game going on, but we weren't allowed in. Um, Home of the Giants. Anytime I go to a city, I'm always hitting a sports complex, a stadium, a venue, whatever. That's one of the places I just like to go. Discovered there was a Yoda statue in San Francisco. Went to go see the Yoda statue. It was at the George Lucas Complex. Pier 9, or um, excuse me, Pier 39 in Fisherman's Wharf. A bunch of seals out there and sea lions. Just sit there and listen to them yak it up. The Pink Ladies, the iconic houses in San Francisco that were in the opening credits of Full House. And then the beaches, like Baker's Beach, a great view of the Golden Gate Bridge. Go over to Half Moon Bay, Mavericks Beach, home of the big wave surfers. And then the streetcars weren't running, but I think they're up and running now. You know, think about the different foods. You know, I had grits, like real grits down south in New Orleans. Years ago when I was uh, kind of in the northeast, I was actually in Boston, had clam chowder. You might think that clam chowder is the same, but no, it does taste a little different depending on where you're at. And see, these are just some of the things that you can do in some of the cities that I've gone to that required very little money, except obviously getting there. And again, that's a big problem. But if you live in a city, whatever city it is, if you live there, find something that you don't normally do and go do it. You know, and again, you can take pictures. You might not want to post everything on social media, but maybe you want to take pictures to just have for later on. Or maybe you create your own private Social media, it's Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Post these pictures. And maybe it's not even out there for anybody else to see except for you. But then they'll pop up in your memories. And you're sitting there and all of a sudden you're looking through your phone and a picture pops up from something you did one day. Nice memory. Or you're scrolling through and then all of a sudden there's a, oh, yeah, I remember when we did this. That was a lot of fun. One of the hardest things to do is to do something by yourself. But still, get out there, even if you're by yourself. I know somebody right now that is in Brazil, just wanted to go to Brazil for a second time. Off on her own in Brazil. Been delayed a couple times because of uh, flight cancellations, but she's still in Brazil getting bonus time. Just wanted to go do some things, something different. Be on her own. But whatever you do, you can't really skip, or you shouldn't skip a vacation. You shouldn't skip Time off. Obviously, if you're in the bigger city, New York, Chicago, L.A., although some of those places are very dangerous right now to get out and do things, so you have to be really careful. I'm not being facetious. I'm being very sincere right now. Dangerous places to be, so you have to protect yourself and be careful. But there are a lot of places in your own town, your own city, or maybe just a few miles down the road, whatever it might be. Maybe it's getting together with a group of people that you haven't been able to get together with for a while because of the pandemic. But whatever it is that you do, I want you to think of this, okay? I want you to think of this next clip because I think it really hits home what we should be doing and taking into consideration. And again, whatever or however you want to do it, grand scale, little scale, 
days and weeks at a time, an afternoon away. Whatever it is, I think this is something that we should take into consideration and remember as we look towards traveling. Should we travel? Should we get out there? Should we go on vacation? Dear America, I don't mean to sound harsh, but what I'm about to say needs to be said. See, we have money in our pockets, but it is time we put more sense in our heads. In 1990, Americans took 20 days of vacation each year. In 2018, Americans left more than half of their vacation days unclaimed. But did you know that people who take 11 more vacation days are more likely to receive a raise? See, when I was little, my parents would take time off each year to take us to the Grand Canyon. I was that annoying kid in the back seat always asking, are we there yet? Out of control. By the way, thank you, Mom and Dad, for not leaving me on the side of the road. But as my parents grow old, I know they don't have many trips left. But the memories we made together and the landscapes we saw are things I will never forget. So before your life flashes before your eyes, will your movie be worth watching? Will it be filled with scenes looking up at the night sky or looking down at your computer? Exhausted. Will you regret the stories you never told? The memories that never happened? The paths never explored? Because you didn't take the time to enjoy all that you worked so hard for? The most precious thing we have in life is our experiences with our families. So forget your, your New Year's resolution. Let's make a new life resolution to explore. You don't have to go far. This country has so many wondrous places. So from now on, let's take our full vacation. Let's make the commitment today to get out, to reconnect, and explore our America. If there's anything that we've learned over the last couple of years is time is short and time is not guaranteed. We need to take advantage now of the things that we can do. Nobody's going to remember you for the many hours of work that you put in. Your time at the office. What they're going to remember is the times that you missed, the times that you weren't there. So maybe we need to refocus and realize that, you know what, I'm going to put me first. I'm going to choose life over work. I'm going to choose fun over being committed to something that isn't going to be there possibly down the road. And at some point in time, work is going to go away. We work to retire. And then when we retire, that's when we're supposedly living the good life. But why can't we live the good life on the road to retirement? See, the American culture has adopted this work first, work only mentality. That's not the case. In fact, a lot of studies show that people are more productive when you go on vacation. A lot of people, when they come back, recharged, refreshed, ready to go, they get more done and become more productive. The other thing, too, is what is your movie? about your life going to be like when you're done? Is it going to be something that people are going to want to watch and remember? Or is it going to be you in your cubicle all day? You sitting on your couch all day? And see, that's one of the things that I was getting in a rut. I mean, I was teaching college. I was teaching summer school classes. I was teaching winter intercession classes along with my full schedule in the spring and fall. But I loved it. I had a passion for it. 
I wanted to make sure that students were able to take these classes so they could get through college quicker and get on to their dreams and goals. So they didn't have to push a two-year program into three and four. I wanted to make myself available. But then the pandemic hit and the job was gone. School campus closed. Now what do I do? Refocused myself and said, you know what? Now that I have no job to go to, I'm going to go explore, explore America. And for me, that was going to places like San Francisco, Las Vegas, going to a place like Lincoln, Nebraska to visit family, drive across the country, hit Winslow, Arizona, and stand on a corner, do the Route 66 thing, go down to Florida, hang out in Tampa a few times, you know, do some things. And while I was doing that, I was talking to people along the way. I wasn't just checking off states as I went. I was doing that, but that wasn't the only thing I was doing. I was trying to get experiences. I was in Oklahoma City. I was scheduled to be in Oklahoma City for one night. Realized that Oklahoma City, minor league team, baseball team is the minor league team of the Dodgers. Decided I was going to stay an extra night and go see a Dodger game. Minor League Dodgers, Oklahoma City Dodgers. Went and saw the uh, Oklahoma City bombing memorial. Did some things, taking it in. And that's how I view traveling. It's a little bit of being a tourist. It's a little bit of being a traveler. I don't really think I'm a pilgrim because the road isn't my church, although I do enjoy it. But get out there and see America. See whatever it is you want to see, the world. Someday I will get to Hawaii, but it's least on my list right now. There's other places I'd like to go see. Alaska, I'd love to go see the Northern Lights. Niagara Falls, I hear is pretty phenomenal. Would like love to stroll along the Carolina beaches. One day, it just happened to work out this way. I was in Fort Myers. I have an aunt and uncle that live on the uh, Atlantic side of Florida. So I was splashing around the Gulf Coast. Later that day, I went to visit... My aunt and uncle splashed around the Atlantic, flew home, landed at LAX. Doc Wilder Beach is right there. Went down, jumped in the Pacific, and within 24 hours, I was able to hit all three major bodies of water surrounding the U.S. Again, no big deal, nothing to write home about. But again, for me, it was a memory and something that was kind of fun to do. To think about now that it's past, it's a fun memory something I might not have been able to have done. But it's things like that. You know, it's making it for me, if I'm going to sit down and watch a rerun of my life, that's what I want it to be. And I've refocused that now. And so I'm in a place now where I'm not career-minded anymore. I have a new life resolution that I'm going to try to take balance and put it in the center. Yes, I've got to work. Obviously, we all do, but I'm also going to take time for myself. So if I have to maybe get a, another type of job that allows me more free time to travel and do things that I want to do, and it's not my dream job, maybe I'm going to do that because my dream job is going to take a 1,000% of my time. And, you know, I've been there. I've done that. I don't think I want to do that anymore. I don't know. I guess I'll cross that bridge when the time comes. But I want me time now because tomorrow isn't promised. Nothing is guaranteed. We've just learned that for the past two years. It's time to take advantage. And we can do that any way we want. We can do it in a grand scheme form with like a big travel to Europe. Hey, that's great. Maybe it's just across town. 
Maybe it's uh, spending the night at the beach. Maybe it's just taking a train ride down to San Diego or San Francisco for the day. Maybe it's whatever. Maybe it's just going to a destination you've never been, throwing a dart at the map. Hey, I'm going to go here now. Because whatever it is or wherever you go, you're going to have the memories, the fun, the struggles that come with traveling. If you go with somebody, you're going to get to know them very well. Maybe reconnect with somebody. You know, get out there. Start exploring again. Have some fun. Because, again, it comes down to the heart, wanting to get out there and make things good for the heart, for the mind, for our thoughts and our actions. It all comes down to mental health. And when we get out there and we explore and we get away from the mundane and we get away from our routine, our mental health improves. And this is one way to improve our mental health. It's just to get away for a little bit. A day trip here, a day trip there. Maybe we forego the expensive coffees for a week so we can save that gas money and use it to make memories. You have to decide for yourself. And what I did was something that I wanted to do for me. Maybe you pick up a few pointers. Maybe you don't think of it at all. But that's just something that I wanted to do because I took the most of the opportunity and the time that I had given the circumstances. So get out there. So should we travel? Probably. However we can is just get out there and meet new people. Experience different foods. Get out of the mundane, the routine. Try something different. Maybe try a different drive home after work. Maybe do a different routine in the morning. Maybe go to a different restaurant. Maybe try a different drink or a different plate of food, whatever it is, do something that provides you with a new experience, a new adventure, making new memories, having fun. This is Two Steps Ed Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Hey, go to our website, radiowarp.com. That's radiowarp.com, radiowarp.com. Click on the Two Steps Ahead Podcast logo, and all of our shows pop up. You can listen via SoundCloud. You can actually download the episodes and take them with you on the go. You can watch the videos of the show via our YouTube channel. You can also uh, find other type of programming. We've got a 24-7 online streaming station there that has all kinds of music playing. You can just click the Listen Live link. Instagram, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. My personal page, Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. Link tree link in the bio of both sites. Click them. Things pop up like our Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, our Swag Shop. You can also get some cool merchandise at the Swag Shop. And then um, anywhere we listen to podcasts, you can just TWO, Two Steps Ed Podcast, internet search us, and we pop up. Again, get out there, travel, have some fun, make some memories, do something different, make life exciting again, have a new life resolution. Make the movie of your life something that people are going to want to watch. Make it exciting. And then inspire others to do the same. Let them know. Share your experiences. Because others might want to go out there and do things. They might not know how to do it. They might need a little push to, hey, encouragement. Get out there and do something fun. And then let us know. TWO, Two Steps Ed Podcast at gmail.com is our email. Two Steps Ed Podcast again, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Saw Needham. Until next time, God bless.